Today we hear from Rihanna Dutra. Rihanna is a project manager for Chico State's Ecological Reserves. And in both her current job and in prior jobs, she has a lot of experience hiring entry-level forestry positions. So today what we'll focus on with her is what makes candidates stand out in both their application and in their interview for jobs in forestry and the natural resources. Please enjoy. Hi, I'm Rihanna Dutra. I am originally from a small farm town south of Fresno. And then I moved to the beautiful big city of Berkeley to go to school at UC Berkeley, uh, where I majored in forestry and natural resources. And then I started doing some forestry jobs. Um, and now I'm working at Chico State at their uh, CSU Chico Ecological Reserves, um, the Big Chico Creek Reserve is the specific one that I'm at. And I'm the project manager there where I work as a forester as well as um, a project manager and a crew lead. So that's a state job you have right now, basically. Yes. Managing the school's reserve for like research and for other purposes? Yes. So it's kind of this dual situation where it's state as um, CSU Chico, but it's also their nonprofit wing. So it's also nonprofit. So we, we are a nonprofit. Cool. And you do a lot of like restoration work there is what you focus on and research work? Uh, yes. So we personally don't do any research. It's whatever the professors or the students are interested in, we then support that. But we don't, as like me, the project manager, or the other staff, we don't follow through any uh, research. We just do whatever um, the professors need. And maybe you could tell us a little bit about how you got to this point. Like, did you have a seasonal job in college that helped launch your career? What job did you have first after college? And Tell us a little bit about how you, th what steps you think led you to this current position. Yeah, so I worked for CAL FIRE between my junior and senior year um, at Latour State Forest, and it was a great learning opportunity. I learned a lot. I learned how to cruise for timber. I learned how to mark timber. Um, we learned some basic campground maintenance management stuff. Um, it was a lot of everything, as well as we ended up on a fire for a little while doing um, some uh, supply runs and management stuff like that. And then from so that's a pretty good, like introductory job you could get with very limited experience to introduce you. Absolutely. To forestry. Yeah, absolutely. Working for Cal Fire is a great opportunity as a forestry aid, um, to get that foot in the door. And I learned a lot. And I know that a lot of my other friends that graduated with the same degree went through the same pattern and they also got a good opportunity. Um, and then after I graduated, I took a job as a forestry tech with Collins Pine Company on Lake Elmanor up in Chester. That's a private timber company with the primary objective of timber production, would you say? But they also do a lot of trying to uh, maintain a healthy and sustainable landscape. Yeah, the Collins Pine Company owns their own mill, so it goes straight to their own mill. Um, and they own 96,000 um, acres of timberland and they don't do any clear cutting. They practice multi-age silviculture, um, which is pretty different than a lot of other private timber companies. Um, and as a seasonal forestry technician, I worked from May until, until we got snowed out of the woods, which is pretty cool. 
um, to go to work in the snow for a while. It's cold, but it's fun. Um, and I did um, timber cruising and a lot of timber marking because again, they're and flagging and getting stuff prepared for timber harvest plans and things like that. And then your job after that, it, you managed, you helped, you were a forester and you helped hire and manage the technician crew, right? Yes. So when I came back from my following season, they had some changes in the ranks and they hired me on full time to become the crew boss there. And so I started running the seasonal crew of recent college graduates and it was really great and really fun. So I hired uh, my seasonal crew every year um, of college students from Berkeley, uh, Cal Poly, and Humboldt. In fact, two of my crew leads um, were hired from Lassen Community College and Shasta Community College. Cool. And they were there with me for quite a few years and were my second in command. Nice. So it's another good, like, launching, uh, being a forest technician for a company like Collins Pines, another good way to launch your career in forestry. Absolutely. So it sounds like in your current job and in prior jobs you've had, a large component of your job was hiring and running these technician crews. Um, so maybe you could speak a little bit, since you're more intimately familiar with the hiring process, about what made a candidate outstanding to you, both in terms of their physical application and interview. Yeah, so uh, because we were in Chester while I was working for Collins, um, we did a lot of, at the time it was like Skype interviews. Now I feel like Zoom is probably the go-to interface. Um, and we would <laughs> sit down um, in our back office. We'd get snowed in in the winter. So we had a lot of foresters hanging around to be able to be present for the interview. I tried to never have just myself and the student interviewing. I always liked it to be um, a group effort as far as the forestry staff, because everyone was gonna work with the seasonal crew. Even if I was the main person, everybody needed to use the seasonal technicians to get work done on the ground. Um, and so I would go through and review the applicants um, through their resumes and cover letters first and flag those. Um, that were, you know, the highlighted ones that stuck out a little bit. And so those people that would stick out are people that had previous experience. Um, of course, that's never a requirement, but, you know, if there's people that have experience, that puts you up. So getting out there and getting that experience is always important. Um, but that experience could also be a landscaping job. It could be um, being a, a college athlete because that shows, you know, dedication to balance um, and as well as like your physical ability to be out there hiking every day. Um, other things, just having jobs in, in college is always important. Um, sometimes uh, depending on who was helping me do the review, sometimes they'd, uh, the other foresters appreciated, you know, a, a job somewhere outside of the university over having lab experience because what we do is a lot more like a kind of nine to five job versus a lab experience where you're like washing beakers in a lab. Um, so that could be, it, it really depends on the, the people that you're working with. But for me, it was, you know, experience working, showing up, being someplace on time, working some amount of time and going home at the end of the day um, is what we kind of looked at a lot as well as interest. Um, so if we knew that the applicant knew the company that they were trying to work for, that made a big difference. So Collins is, was a very different place, is a very different place. We don't do clear cutting. And so, you know, if we end up with an applicant that 
they write about how much they want to put in clear cuts and we don't do that. Um, you know, you kind of get kicked out of the pile a little bit, even if you do have experience just because you're not paying attention. Um, so that's kind of what would flag people to be up there. Just, you know, having some understanding of or where we are. So if you want to work in the Sierra and you want to have that experience, that was something that we put in there that we would kind of, you know, bump you up so we could give you that experience versus someone that wants to work in the redwoods. And we're like, okay, you don't really want to be here anyway. Like, yeah. Let's give somebody else the opportunity that does want to be there. Um, so personalizing. Yeah, I'm putting in that little bit of research before you go mm-hmm. into the whole process. Yeah. Tailoring it a bit. Tailoring it to each company that you're interested in definitely makes a difference for sure. Um, we don't necessarily need to have like your whole list of classes. Um, we generally know what it means to be a forestry or natural resources major coming from a certain school, just having that your school background. If there was something that was incredibly impactful for you, absolutely add that in there. Um, if you had a certain, like a couple like field, field uh, sort of classes that taught you some field work, that's important, like mensuration, so, stuff like yeah, that. So maybe listing those skills, like a skill section versus yes. listing all your classes in like a class section. Yes, I think that's definitely helpful. Um, to know that, oh, you know how to use, I don't know, a reliscope or a D-tape or something yeah. like that. Um, but then again, every job, they'll teach you how to do those things if you need to have a refresher uh, for that. So if you have it, if you've learned how to do it in a lab class and you haven't done it since, don't worry. They'll teach you how to do yeah. that. Or, or even you if you just have like a knowledge of what it is. Yeah. It's like it's a great way to learn more. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, in terms of interview, was there like, when you were doing an interview, what would stick out to you? So with interviews, it's always, um, I think people are getting a lot more comfortable with having that online interface. Like it was used to be a lot more awkward, but now given COVID, people are getting a lot better at Zooming and that sort of thing. That being said, um, in the forestry field, if that's the direction you're going, they don't spend that much time zooming still um, because we you're always outside working. So they still might be a little bit more awkward. And so now you might actually have the leg up on the go. interviewers uh, because as students, now you've all learned how to zoom quite a bit or interface online and they might not be fully comfortable with it because um, they only do it once a year really. Um, so, while, while you're interviewing, definitely being engaged, coming with questions is always huge. If uh, we go through an interview and ask a lot of questions, uh, and then at the end, you have no questions for the interviewers, um, it it's always kind of like, okay, are you actually interested in yeah. being here? It definitely shallows um, interest in that you're thinking about the situation and thinking about actually coming to work there. Do you have any example questions you liked? Uh, Example questions. Um, Let's see, I was doing some interviews last week. Um, They wanted to know what what the daily schedule was gonna be like, what it would look like actually coming to work at the reserve, what they could expect on a day-to-day, what kind of, we work with chainsaws a lot at the reserve and so they wanted to know what kind of uh, training they could expect to get, get from us. We were asking for students to have, if they had fire training, they're like, okay, well, I have my fire certification, but what does that really look like at work? Yeah. Or, um, and we don't 
burn until the winter. And so if you're coming on staff for in August, you're not going to be burning until December. So that sort of thing. Um, Yeah. And then I know you were doing, you did mostly Skype interviews, but did you ever interview people like in person or where you could see, could you speak to like what you think, like, do you really, do you like candidates really dress up for the interview? Oh, or what you think is the recommended dress the code? First, I know that always stresses me out. Out of before. all of um, the interviews that I've um, done for students or young people, um, I had my very first person show up with the tie this last week and it was, we were all very surprised. Um, and that's because we do field work. Um, we work outside. I'm usually wearing field clothes because we are going to go outside. Yeah. Our, this interview is going to be maybe 45 minutes of your eight to 10 hour a day. And so you're going to be, we're usually kind of dirty. Yeah. Um, that being said, don't be dirty. Um, <laughs> you should have your hair should be clean. Um, it can be pulled back if you're a lady or if you have long hair, um, pull it out of your face. You want to be able to see your face and uh, have a clean shirt on. It should not be stained, even though once you start working in the field, your clothes are gonna be stained from marking paint or chainsaw grease, whatever it is. Uh, But for your interview, put out some effort. Buttons on a shirt is usually a good thing. Uh, You don't need to be wearing slacks. You can be wearing jeans, just make sure that they're clean and they're nice and presentable. Like imagine you're going to dinner with your grandma and wear that. Yeah, um, that's so something kind of, that's like more movable and but yeah. still looking nice. A nice flannel, totally fine. I remember in school they used to call it forestry formal. Forestry formal, absolutely. Uh, boots are completely fine. Yeah, uh, we do in our interviews at the reserve, and so we do ask that people wear closed-toed shoes because we have things like rattlesnakes around yeah, um, and just because there's like the safety component of it. So that's the other part. Um, we've had people come up wearing boots and skirts, totally fine. Uh, you're going to be outside and usually we take people on a tour through the shop. So you might get dirty on our interviews yeah. um, for the in-person ones, but over uh, Zoom, there's that. I know that some of the guys that I used to do interviews with some of the foresters would ask students to stand up during their zoom interviews. I stopped it, but that I know that used to happen Hmm. before I got there. So make sure you're wearing pants. I would say to like test if they were actually dressed up for the interview to see if they were wearing their like boxers. They thought it was really funny. That It's incredibly unprofessional. That shouldn't happen. I stopped it, but I know that it happened. Um, them. Okay. Um, well, cool. And then I know a lot of people go into an interview really nervous and um, sometimes it comes across, sometimes it doesn't. Like, what does that look like for you as the interviewer? So I usually try and make people feel as comfortable as possible, as quickly as possible and realize we are all humans. We are all, we all make mistakes. You know, you can miss, say something and come back to a question later and that's totally fine. Um, I usually try and make people feel super comfortable because I know that I'm sitting in a place of authority and I am the, the gatekeeper um, of the job and I don't want students to feel super uncomfortable and I know that they're all practicing and you haven't had a ton of interview practices before. And so it's it's totally fine to be nervous. We understand that you're going to be nervous. Um, but like I said, we're all people. We've all been there before. 
And luckily, um, I haven't been, I'm not that many years away from college and we always hire college students. And so we're used to that and we're used to that, which is really helpful. Um, so it's okay to be nervous, take a deep breath, um, hype yourself up if that's your thing in your car as you're getting there or, you know, before the interview. But I would definitely say like, before you hit, like the accept the zoom to like, come on, take a deep breath before you knock on the door or however you go to your interview, take that deep breath and know that you're there for the interview because you are qualified. If you weren't qualified, they wouldn't be interviewing you. So you can just take that off the table right away. They want you here for a reason. No one's going to spend the time to interview you if you're not worth it. So you're worth it. You're there for a reason and they want to hire you. They have an interest in hiring you. So um, just have that confidence there. And, you know, if you make a mistake, if you laugh with them, that's totally fine. Um, Everyone's a human and luckily forestry is fairly casual. Yeah. All right, well, so now we'll just take a step back from your involvement in the hiring process. And before we close, um, we've been asking all of our Zoom podcast guests to give us some of their favorite safety tips from, and you've worked in the woods, you've worked in more like range jobs, you work with prescribed fire, you work with chainsaws, you've kind of like, you've seen it all. And how do you maintain that safe workplace still? Oh, our safe workplace. Um, it's a constant thing. Safety is everybody's responsibility and you are responsible for yourself as well as your coworkers um, and always speaking up. But honestly, I think that our biggest safety tip is good communication. Always um, telling people what's going on around you. So if you're going to be late, telling your boss you're going to be late. If you know you had a weird off day or you're really stressed about a test coming up at the end of your work shift, um, letting people know what else is going on is always helpful. And, you know, you had a dull chainsaw, let the next person that's going to be using that chainsaw that it's dull, but good communication is always key. Okay, great. Thanks so much for joining us, Rihanna. Much appreciated. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. Anytime.